0: The fact that hounds, you always know exactly what they're thinking, is an absolute pro and an absolute con. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So
1: true. (laughs) Hello, everyone. This is the With a Dog podcast, a podcast for the modern dog parent. I'm your host, Carly, and I interview veterinarians, trainers, products, and some really awesome fellow pet parents about how you can get the most out of life with a dog. This week, I speak with Charlotte and Ashley, who are two fellow foxhound dog moms, but also two former guests of the podcast. So the links to Charlotte's and Ashley's previous episodes are in the show notes. I am going to try to keep this intro short because we wanted to talk so much about our hounds, which came as a surprise to no one. So it's a very long episode, and I totally understand if you need to separate this episode into two days. In all honesty, it was kind of a chaotic recording because (laughs) we're all friends and we know each other's dogs well, so we were just talking over each other. So if you really want to make this episode even more fun, you know, feel free to take a drink every time we interrupt each other. Um, a couple quick disclaimers about this episode. We do discuss how some of the hound breed names and history is very racially charged. And also, although we did do our research before this episode, many of our statements about hound dog behavior is based on our personal experience with hounds. So if your hound or your dog displays behaviors that are different to those we mention. That makes total sense because at the end of the day, each dog is an individual and it is always a balance between nature and nurture. This is a great episode if you have a hound dog or are more curious about the hound breeds. We mainly talk about foxhounds and tree walkers, but since one of my dogs, Albus, is a coon hound, we do mention other large breed hounds. Unfortunately, we weren't able to talk about the history of all different hounds and some of the smaller hounds like beagles and bassets. But much of our information about behavior is applicable to hound dogs on a whole. Some of the episode highlights, we talk about how our dogs are genetically related. Um, I promise this episode is not sponsored by Embark, though it could be if anyone from Embark is listening. Um, (laughs) But we do, we kind of go off on how much we love the Embark uh, DNA test at first. But then we break down the history of foxhounds and how it's intertwined with American history. Then we touch on how their energy level isn't as high as you would expect from a working breed, how hounds are very adaptable to new situations and overall very tolerant and independent, which makes them great family dogs. And then we also discuss their sometimes stubborn nature and the hardships of training for recall. And then near the end, we discuss why traditional training doesn't work very well for hounds and how training them passively, especially with vocal commands and through modeling behavior from other dogs, works very well. And then, of course, we round it out with our reasons on why we love life with a dog. Really hope you guys enjoy this episode. It was just a really fun dog mom chat between Charlotte, Ashley, and I. Uh, even though we mentioned multiple times about how hounds are complicated, I speak for all the hound parents I know when I say that they are some of the best breeds and much, much easier, kinder, and relaxed than many of the other breed- dog breeds out there. All that being said, let's get into it with Charlotte and Ashley. I feel like I'm fairly prepared. Like, I don't know if I will have children anytime soon, but I'm just saying I feel like Lupin and the stress that he puts me through and trying to, like, wrangle him into outfits and harnesses and telling him that he can't go to the toy store. Like, I just, like, this is, like I'm like, I'm a parent. I'm a parent. He Literally. throws his little
2: temper tantrums. Especially hounds. Hounds are, like, a whole other breed. Like, they are literal perma toddlers like in a way that other dogs are not like all dogs are toddlers but hounds are special toddlers exactly
1: okay perfect this is why we're here that
0: was a good transition that was a great transition
1: but you're welcome (laughs) (laughs) let's talk about hounds yay okay (laughs) so i pulled around asking people what they wanted to know about hounds because I wanted to make sure that we had some kind of direction for this conversation because I know that the three of us could just <laughs> spiral into talking about our hounds and complaining about our hounds. So I was like, let's have a bit of direction and outline hound, dog mom life, the breeds, the genetics, the history, all of that kind of stuff. Because I know both of you have done a ton of research.
2: Yes. On. We do love our hound hounds. things.
1: <laughs> yes. So I will, I will just pipe in with, like, my experience because I haven't done a ton of research. I'm just like, he's a mess and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> – but you guys have been like, let's dive deeper, which is awesome. I think to start off with, just for all the people listening who maybe don't know you, Ashley, why don't you go first? Who are you and who is Jonathan? Well,
0: if you hear any um, intense chewing – Jonathan's literally chewing on like a deer shin right now, as I monitor him closely. <laughs> um, so, I'm Ashley. I am a designer, graphic designer, and illustrator, and I work in the pet industry. And my dog, Jonathan, is my muse. He is a foxhound, tree walker mix. Um... For the most part, he's got a couple of their hounds in there. He's a hound monk. I have had ha- exclusively had hounds my entire life, mostly beagles and beagle mixes until Jonathan came along, but um I know hounds very, very well. They've been a huge part <laughs> of my life. Um and I don't think I'll ever not have one. <laughs>
1: Perfect. Well, and ev- for everyone listening, if you want to learn more about Jonathan and how Ashley adopted him and hound life in New York City with her, then you can go back to our episode with her. I think it's called Hound Dog Love. Yes. That was back in November. It was the first episode one of season two. Yes. So you can scroll back that to that. All right, Charlotte. Go for it. So, who is Starsky? So,
2: Starsky is my American Foxhound. I don't know how old he is. Um, he's at least eight. I think probably like ten, but it's hard to tell because he has some kind of genetic condition that's causing his spine to deteriorate. So he's aging pretty quickly. Um, this is why I hate backyard breeding and love good breeding because it's preserving my breed, and I freaking love. American foxhounds. Like didn't even know what they were for even the first few years I had him. I thought he was a and walker coonhound and um he's an American foxhound and he is perfect and I love him. And he has a little sister, Ginsburg, who is a golden retriever, my other favorite breed. And um I am not in the pet industry, but trying. <laughs> <laughs> I am a former lawyer turned creative. I'm just kind of doing my own thing with photography and content right now.
1: Love it.
0: Um, I feel well, like – And then also – Oh, I have something to say. I feel like this is important. What connects Charlotte and I is that our dogs are literally related.
2: They are cousins. <laughs> it's yes. only 6 to 8% share DNA, but I think it's 100%. Um, yeah, they're like
0: the same dog. <laughs> they really are.
2: They're both uh, – If I want to know what Starsky was like as a puppy, I just have to look at Jonathan, for real. (laughs) They're the same. So sweet. Well, and then
1: you found out, or I did my embark test. Okay. For all the listeners, if you're new here, I have a American foxhound named Lupin, and he is 11 years old. I got him when he was probably about like four. And then I have another dog, Albus, who is a coonhound mix, and- He's only about 50% red tit coon hound. And, um, and so, yes, I have the hounds as well. But I just did the Embark DNA test, as I know that you both did, too. And so Lupin is 100% American foxhound. And he is also – I think he's also a little related to Starsky. Yeah, is that I think right, they're cousins.
2: I want to say – I think they were 11% when Wait, we looked send it up. us the
1: link. Okay, hold on. Let me find it. Send yes. it to me. I pulled up Embark.
2: I, I think – I checked. Um, I sent Carly – I think I sent you screenshots. I checked Jonathan's because Ashley and I share literally everything, so I just have Jonathan's link on hand. Um. <laughs> I
0: literally have Charlotte's, like, logins to things that we've never met in person. Like, very uh, important things. <laughs> well, we were super psyched that Embark recently launched that, like, compare feature because Starsky kind of disappeared on Jonathan's relatives list as, like, more – closer relatives have come along since he's you know he's a mix and we were like oh man like where did starsky go So now that we ha- have like this compare feature we were so psyched that we were able to look it up again and now we're just like looking up everyone so now I need to see
2: yes.
1: <laughs> Um okay I just sent it to you on Instagram
0: okay Ashley okay are you ready for the reveal? Okay okay compare to Jonathan. I don't know if he's eight point five share. Share, percent share DNA, <gasps> which makes them
2: first cousins. Oh my god! There we go. <laughs> Yay. Okay, so I so kind I of think love that, that they're all related, but I also like hate it because it means that the breed doesn't have enough genetic diversity in it, which is why yeah, I yes. low key want to like breed foxhounds eventually because like they need more good breeders. Clearly,
1: yes. Okay. So speaking of that, I think we should go into a little bit on the history of the breeds because, as you just said, like almost all hounds are like somehow related, especially these American foxhounds. So, for instance, if you look at Lupin's, um, embark results, it's like he has, he has relatives and it's on there as like 50% on like a a whole list, a whole list of them that are like very high. Those are siblings. I know. That's so Hold cool. What? Okay, okay. So I have a couple. So they're like 45 <gasps> and 40 and then a bunch of 25s. But then compared to Albie, the highest he has is 7.7. 7. It's just – it kind of just goes to show the, how related American foxhounds especially are yeah. and
2: how interbred a bit they are. Like purebreds are always going to have more closely related relatives just because like to create a purebred – you have to do some amount of inbreeding. But like yeah. American foxhounds, like all the American foxhounds on Embark are all related much more closely than I would like to see. Uh, and I yeah. feel like a
0: few things go into that. First is that because it's it's like, it's not like a brand new breed, but like it's about as old as America.
2: <laughs> yeah, if so. anything, it's a very old breed.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> But it's so rare. Like, if you go on the AKC, like, rankings, um, American foxhounds are, like, super duper low. You can't um, even find any information about them. It's. Yeah. And, like, the, and then English foxhounds are even lower. They're, like, like the, like the bottom of the list on, like, you know, popular breeds, which I feel like would also kind of indicate you know how common the breed is so like yeah yeah with them being like so far at the bottom it's just so crazy and so the fact that you know thanks to instagram we're able to like find all the american foxhounds in the world in the country and it's so cool
1: yes but and thanks to embark of course yeah you know doing doing this dna test for us to be like oh wow all of our hound dogs are actually
2: related like I Which tell really everyone, cool. I tell everyone get an Embark test, and then like, <laughs> like, am I pushy? No, I'm not pushy. I just love Embark, and I think it gives you so much data and information about your dog that like, we're really lucky to have. Um, you know, this day and age kind of sucks for a lot of reasons, but Embark is not one of them.
0: <laughs> yes. Oh, but okay, all right. Yes. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say. Um, so it's funny how like you both have american foxhounds and then like jonathan's in the middle and i'm like oh do we have any like coonhound or like any other representation here but my parents have a purebred we found out she was purebred for- through embark tree walker coonhound and a beagle so we got,
1: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> we got it we got it, all. We got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah we're we're all we we've got the like range going here yes but okay so i think First topic to zero in on though, as far as hound, we've talked a little bit about how there's very little genetic diversity considering all of our hounds are somewhat related. <laughs> but who have you guys researched the hound? Like you kind of mentioned it earlier, just how they were like as old as America. Yes. Basically, Ashley's um, literally okay. raising her Take hand. it away. <laughs> Take it away, Ashley. I,
0: I literally just do this for fun. <laughs> so, Um, and I've known about American foxhounds for so long because in my hometown, there is a, um, there is a fox hunting club. And Mm. my dad and I, even though it was on like private property, we would always, when I was little, we would drive on just so we could catch a glimpse of their kennels of foxhounds. So I've been like obsessed with them for so long. (laughs) Um, so I did write a little article recently <laughs> mm-hmm. about um why hounds are the way that they are. And um this is just like a the generic um hound group. This can also kind of play into you no know, the other side of the hound spectrum, the sight hounds. Um but breeds exist because of human intervention. Dogs exist because of human intervention and um you know, people used, needed dogs to help them out to survive and to do sorts of things. So, hounds kind of came along because they need, because humans needed help hunting for their next meal. Um, so, just with, like, years and years of selective breeding before there was even, like, the term breeds, um, dogs were just categorized by what they did best, basically. So, um as dogs were being domesticated, people started breeding. So in the case for hounds, they started breeding for dogs that, you know, used their nose more. Um, and then going on into dogs that they would selectively breed for the dogs that had the loudest voices. So they would be able to find the dogs whenever they, you know, chased, uh, were chasing prey. And like ones that had longer ears because that helped them
2: smell better. Um, mm-hmm. and it all depends on what type of prey they were chasing. Like American foxhounds don't tree at all. Oh, like yeah, Starsky, oh. I can't get him to I'll jump guess. up on anything. Like,
0: <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, I can't get. I love that like nuance, but I can't wait to get into that. But <laughs>
2: sorry, I'm sorry to uh, interrupt. No, it's you. Okay. <laughs>
0: okay. I got really excited. <laughs> so, um. That's like where the idea of the hound came along and the hound being like a descriptor as, you know, some people think that's just like a synonym for dog, but a hound is more like a a type of dog that can chase prey. And then the hound group is dogs that, you know, are able to independently hunt prey. And then there's the scent hounds that where their expertise is that they have really strong noses and sight hounds, um... Funny enough, it's not, they don't necessarily have better eyes. I think there is something about where their eyes are placed on their head that they're able to see better. But, um, yeah. they're also, they're, he's crying. He's throwing a fit. Um, <laughs> he, he, <laughs> on, on um life. <laughs> seriously. Yeah. seriously. Um, so the sight hounds are known for their speed, but, you know, the scent hounds are known for being able to be heads down and, um, really track things. So. Um, if we're going to go into um, the fox sounds. So the American fox sound comes from the English fox sound and the, um, English fox sound was, uh, it's, it's an older breed than the American fox sound for sure, but it was George Washington was given, he, he participated in a lot of fox hunting as a sport in, in mm-hmm. England. Um, he was either given or he brought over some, english foxhounds and he basically invented american foxhounds
2: (laughs) i've read conflicting things i've read that he invented them and like they are his breed and then i've also read that they weren't his breed but well they were his breed but they weren't he didn't create them he was just instrumental in like the development of the modern foxhound. Yeah. I know. He, he really
1: just went in. He went all in on his branding. Yes. He was like, I'm going to be American president. I'm also going to make this breed. I'm going to call it American. I yes. am the American foxhound man. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> For real. He, he had like George Washington had such a huge role in the American foxhound. And, um, you know, that's why it is Virginia's state dog. Yes. And a little bit about fox hunting, like it developed as a sport because people, um, needed to keep, Jonathan, stop crying, (laughs) to get, um, to get foxes off of their property from eating their chickens. So they would literally chase foxes off of their property. They needed dogs that were able to chase them off of their property. Um, and it is now, it turned into a sport, but it's a lot different than, um, what you would think of when you think of hunting it's not like guys going out in camouflage (laughs) yeah (laughs)
1: yes
2: it is it's so important to differentiate like between the hunting because most hound owners are rescue hound owners, um, yes. and they hate hunters, but with with good reason um, for the type of hunters they're thinking of. But they don't know about this traditional fox hunting, which is not it. It's not a problem. It's actually single handedly keeping the American foxhound alive.
0: It really is. And I learned a fun fact today while I was t- uh, brushing up on my research. Um, <laughs> so fox hunting is like originated in. England, of course. Um, And they're both still, you know, pretty niche sports, both still in England and in America. But the main – there is, like, one main differentiator between the two is that English fox hunting, they do tend to actually hunt the fox. But American fox hunting, it is solely the chase. They do not kill the fox. They literally just yeah. – take all the dogs and run them around with horses, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, they're literally
2: just <laughs> doing fox hunting to exercise their dogs and horses and yeah, keep well, an old sport alive.
1: Yes, exactly. Well, I think that's actually what they're doing in the UK now, too, because fox hunting in oh. the UK was banned, like oh. killing the fox. Okay, interesting. It was banned to preserve the fox breeds, but they do use a drag, so they like cover it in like, fox pee or whatever and then drag it behind something like a horse or whatever and then so it
0: is just for the chase these days in england but of course
1: historically it was not
0: i did read that on the masters of fox hunting website the american one so it also didn't (laughs) look like it had been updated since like 2002 so the
2: (laughs) masters of american fox hunting or fox hunters of america that organization is, like, so great, but they do not update well, and they are not great. If you try – like, I have reached out to them before, and, like, can't get – I can't get an email back. Like, and I'm like, I love you, please, like <laughs> – It's so okay. interesting. Okay, it was Hunting Act of 2004.
1: Okay. Ah. Act of Parliament in the United Kingdom bans the hunting of wild mammals, notably foxes, blah, 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 um, with dogs in England and Wales – does not cover the use of dogs in the process of flushing out unidentified wild mammals nor does Mm. it affect drag hunting where hounds are trained to follow an official scent okay so so yeah so it is now illegal
0: nice yay that's 2004 we love the foxes (laughs) we love the foxes (laughs) but we and we Um, love the sport of fox hunting because it's literally just a way to like these people just, like, want to go exercise their hundreds of dogs that they
2: have. They're literally mouth. amazing owners. Yeah, like, they're just exercising their dogs and- <laughs> traditionally and giving them exactly what foxhounds are literally bred for. So these dogs are, like, very fulfilled biologically, which yeah. is so important.
1: Well, and it's very different than, as you said, Charlotte – or sorry, as you said, Ashley, is. it's very different than traditional or hunting as we know it today of the Going out, someone, you know, shoots a bird and then the lab goes and fetches it and there you go, lab retriever. You know, the the fox hunting, it was like a huge pack sport where they had all of these dogs and they were really treated traditionally as livestock, which is actually why I was hard to – or I had a hard time of – getting pet insurance for looping in the UK because yeah, because of that is that they were traditionally a working dog that was under conditions that were not the normal dog on the couch conditions. You know, they were all in a barn, fifty of them, and so they were in more like quote unquote dangerous situations between the horses and the, you know, just going around the landscape and maybe not watched over. Oh, interesting. It, so it was just so interesting because, as a breed, they just blanket statement said, "No, we're not covering it." And I'm like, "This dog is in a matching bandana to his collar, <laughs> to his leash, and comes to work
2: with me every day. Trust me, he is not working." But that's that, that's also like, <laughs> such an antiquated view of hounds, like as like rescue and social media has become like more of a big thing. It, hounds, I mean, they are used that way, but the one. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Like,
0: well, but- I feel like this is a, a good segue to like coon hounds because coon hounds um, are so different from foxhounds in the way that they are used more for what we consider traditional hunting. Yes. Okay. So this is where things get a little. I, I still have to like figure it out because. The treeing walker coonhound literally did come from foxhounds. It was like another line where they just bred for dogs that were a little more intense. I will say treeing walkers are a little more intense than foxhounds. And that they had the inclination to look up. So that's Mm -hmm. why they're able to tree. That's why they're able to climb. I think it's hilarious because Jonathan, even though he's... Half and half. He doesn't understand the concept of up,
2: but <laughs> he's a foxhound I'm sorry. He might yeah. be 50% crude hound, he's a foxhound
0: <laughs> But my parents tree walker crude hound, she they adopted her when she was like 10 months old and she already knew like how to tree. It was the craziest thing. Like it was it's just genetics. such like it's it's so yeah. cool.
1: But well, and same thing with Albus. He will he will tree.
2: Oh, it's so so funny to me. And like, that's how you can that's one of the biggest indicators of foxhound versus coonhound is does your dog jump up on anything other than the counter? If no, (laughs) do they look up?
0: Yeah, do they look up? But what is like interesting to me is like all the different types of coonhounds. I since I've never had one uh, any hound that was non tri colored, we know I've never had like a blue tick coonhound or red bone or whatever. Like, that history, I'm not entirely sure about. It definitely comes from a different type of hound. I'm, like, looking at Wikipedia right now. It said these ones um, did not descend from foxhounds, like the tree and walker.
2: The blue tick didn't? Because um, they, they tree a lot, too. Wait, um, it which says I the blue tick is- coonhound
0: and the tree and walker coonhound were possibly from foxhounds, but then, okay. like... um. The others were, um, are from like some ancient German boar hunting dogs, oh. so it's really interesting because, like, you know, what like black and tan coonhounds and retriever walker like they can be like completely different, but they're also so similar. And it's just it all comes down to like where they were descended from. Are you guys Hamilton fans?
2: Of course. Well, I know Ashley. is. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, um,
2: I did not prepare as much as I wanted to prepare, uh, for this. Uh, anyway, as Ashley said, she was on Wikipedia. I was like, I'm going to Google blue ticks because I see them tree a lot. And, uh, Marquis de Lafayette gave, uh, gave George Washington his stag hounds and that's where blue ticks come from. Oh. And I was just listening to the Hamilton soundtrack today. So. <laughs>
0: Okay, Yeah. Yes. Like, oh, I Lafayette! Remember. Lafayette! <laughs> um, okay. So, yeah. These large hounds are so, like, ingrained with American history, which is
2: crazy. In good and bad ways. Like, foxhounds and bloodhounds, they called – this breed doesn't exist anymore, um, but it was called the Cuban bloodhound. They were used um, to hunt slaves that had escaped. Yes, yes. Like, I think that's such an important thing to acknowledge. Like, I've done a a couple of posts on this. Like, you don't have to, like, you're not saying it's okay, and it's okay to have those breeds and love those breeds and preserve the history of those breeds, but you also have to acknowledge, like, the bad history. Like, German Mm -hmm. shepherds hunted Jews in the Holocaust and foxhounds hunted slaves in America. Um, And so it's intertwined with, like, all of American history. Well,
1: I mean look at the name right yeah hmm. yeah like it just I, it's just terrible you know that it is a racially charged word and that it's attached to a breed and
2: i think they need to change but yeah it, it, honestly it just,
1: <laughs> yeah i think i think it would be wise to change um, yeah i agree just, yeah just because it is still well known and like as a derogatory word and yeah it's just just the name so it's like you can you can almost insinuate from that you could be like all right from the south they chase exactly. down runaway slaves. And and so I do think that that, as you said, Charlotte, that was a really good point to bring up is we need to look in – when we're looking into the history of this, we can't just be like, oh, foxhounds were George Washington's campaign mascot. <laughs> right. and, you know, <laughs> we You know, we also have to identify like the name behind red tick – um, coonhound blue tick coonhound you know all of that absolutely I mean, just the american I,
2: english coonhound even back when i thought starsky was a trainwalker coonhound if anyone asked me his breed on the street i would call him a foxhound because i didn't want to i don't know if someone's going to be offended by that and it's not my place to say whether or not you are offended by that so like i'm just going to mm-hmm. avoid that situation and call him a foxhound and then it turned out he was a foxhound
0: yeah, <laughs> <Uh-oh>. yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I usually default to foxhound as well um, and yeah. if people are, if someone like happens to know like what Treeing Walker is, like I'll, I won't say Treeing Walker Coon hat, I'll say Treeing Walker Yeah, say Walker the full hound. name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. Like a Walker, H- Walker Hound. I, uh,
2: yes. there was a yeah. group of us in the hound community who we have to learn more about. It's very hard to figure out how they do this, but the AKC does change breed names on occasion. Um, they recently changed the Jack Russell. Yeah, and the Brittany spaniel. It, yeah. It's just, just Brittany. Um and so mm. we we kind of did a lot of research and we looked into and we were talking about potential names and uh we kind of settled on quarry hound because quarry is another word for prey. And so that still describes what the hound is. Uh but we have no idea how to petition the AKC to change this name. Yeah. So I mean, there there are a
1: lot of things that we could petition the AKC for. Yes, <laughs> that is true. That is true. Yeah. So, but I definitely agree with you. You know, I I know a lot of people are like, don't erase history. But I I do think that that's something that you don't want to be self conscious as you tell people your dogs breed. Yeah, it's not yeah. erasing history. Like you don't want to like
2: it's acknowledging yeah. problematic history and changing it moving forward.
1: Yes, exactly. Agreed. Yeah, I like that. Um. Okay, so we've talked about the history of American foxhounds, coonhounds. So basically, at the end of the day, to round it out, foxhounds were brought over early American days, like mid 1700s. Before we were a (laughs) country.
0: Yes. And
1: yeah, we we were the colonies. And, (laughs) And so it was English foxhounds, and then they were bred to be a bit larger. To be American foxhounds, because we are America. We like to supersize things. And, <laughs> <Ouch>. <laughs> and then <laughs> Supersize. No, the Foxhound was-
2: edition. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and we and then they were slowly bred into a bunch of different breeds. And I think that's the that's the thing, is that all of the hounds inherently and just Many breed lines you know but we're talking about hounds specifically we're all bred to do specific tasks so mm-hmm. the foxhounds were notably they started um they would track a scent, but sometimes they would get distracted and or just become complacent and just be like never mind <laughs> which is which we can talk about when we talk about our foxhound behavior in Sounds the next appropriate. little section here but um but then they get got the coon hounds and the tree and walker where they would have a little bit more of that drive to actually track down and find and attack the prey. Yes. And then there was the bloodhounds, which had, you know, genetically, they were altered and mixed with some other stuff to get those really long ears so that the scent would come up towards their nose. All of those fun things. So I think that rounds out the history, genetic, and all of that of the foxhounds and hounds in general.
0: I have one thing um, to say. I I also want to just give a little shout out to the the other scent hounds, like the beagles and the bass hounds. Yes. <laughs> I do. I feel like those are two like super popular breeds. And I feel like it's important that we're talking about these bigger hounds because they're often misunderstood and overlooked.
2: Yes. Uh, yes. Also, I was just gonna say I have a hound mom crush on the Hamilton Stovari, which is like some Dutch hound but looks Ooh. a lot like foxhounds, and like, and it looks like a mm-hmm. cross between a foxhound and a harrier. A harrier is another English breed, and like, there are so many different types of hounds that like nobody in America knows about because they all came from England. Yeah, <laughs> well, no, there's actually three harriers in my um, neighborhood. There's, there's a, so a that harrier they walk around, kingdom. and I'm like, hello. We have yes. a harrier or no, a harrier basset hound mix <gasps> in my um. Yeah, I know. Ashley's favorite mix is anything with
0: bassets. <laughs> yeah, um, <I> love <laughs> bassets.
2: Uh, in my apartment complex, and it's like, wait, what? Because she's like, she looks like a hairier, but like shorter. <laughs> yeah, she's so funny. Yeah,
0: I'm gonna need so, you to so send me pics. Right, though
1: we do need to give a shout out to yes, the smaller because you know we're talking about the bigger breeds because all three of us have yes
2: the bigger one. <laughs> That's why we're so obsessed but, with foxhounds. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, but I agree with you. Just all of the hounds in general, you know, like the blue tick, you know, has the certain coloring and then the red tick was has this coloring to match, you know, whatever environment it was really bred in yeah. and for better hunting and camouflage, all that. So, um I can just say that Lupin uh, is um camouflaged very well on my blue velvet couch right now. <laughs> Um, <laughs> he was not bred to be to match. He's a couch. Couch. <laughs> <Cow Yes. child. laughs> um All right. Well, let's talk about our favorite topic of our hound's behavior. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, this is exactly that was the exact reaction I was looking for because, <laughs> oh my gosh, people, if you have a hound, I think you recognize that they are stubborn and independent and sometimes quite timid and um sometimes even like aloof and they're not they're not like
0: the but, they're not a golden typical. retriever <laughs> they're not a golden exactly. retriever they, they would be like a, a terrible service
2: dog <laughs> 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 although it's possible i've seen a few
0: <laughs> yes
1: let's talk about that because as i was polling everyone asking you know what do you want to know about more about hounds a lot of people said how do you train this dog? And, and I'm like, that's a great question <laughs> that I probably don't have an answer to.
2: Um, I'm going to say I something. That's, <laughs> I know. I, we're we're going to get a little hate uh, for this probably because Ashley probably. and I both uh, are balanced training. We do balanced training with our hounds. And the foundation of good balanced training is still positive reinforcement, but you add in an aversive. So I like to think of it like in – In, in history class in high school, we learned about there were like a push effect and a pull effect towards, and and towards migration between countries of people. And, um, the push effect was pushing you away from your native country and the pull effect was pulling you towards it, towards your new country. And that's really how I think of it with hounds. Like, I'm probably 95% positive reinforcement. I have like Mm – I use a ton of treats because they're super food motivated. Most hounds, not all. Um, My hound is very food motivated. So I use the treats to kind of pull him towards the behavior I want. But then especially Mm -hmm. for recall, I use an e-collar on a low level. So I can't even really feel it. Like – And it just vibrates or stims Starsky when I want him to come. And that pushes him towards the desired behavior, which I really only use that for recall. So it's like pushes him towards coming to me. It's basically Um, like
0: a um, our trainer um, helped us with it and she called it a tap on the shoulder. It's like... Mm -hmm. It snaps them out of it because they get so fixated on a smell. Once their nose
2: is on, their ears are off. I (laughs) have said that for years.
0: Yes. (laughs) Yes. Completely useless smell. Like You will not be able to snap them out of it. So it's the tap on the shoulder like, hey, snap out of it. You got to come over here with me. Um, Yeah.
1: Yeah, and so Yeah, no, I completely agree. And and many breeds get that. Many breeds get that fixation. You know, whether it's like a herding mm-hmm. breed who is just like fixated on, you know, a specific thing, or or maybe bully breed who has maybe really high prey drive, like really fixated on something. Like all breeds are going to have that. But I agree with hounds, it usually comes into play when they are further away from you and you can't Grab them, or just like be like, "Hey, come here!" You can't physically tap them on the shoulder. Usually, they are across the field, and you're like, "Come on!" And they just they like are like, "No."
2: Well, that's the thing I about hounds, going this way. Like, they the scent. Hounds don't yeah. give a fuck about humans. They were literally, <gasps> yes, they were literally bred to go hunt away from their human because the human couldn't get to it for whatever reason. So they were bred to work independently and figure things out independently of us. So they don't care about us. And it's just, I mean, I don't <laughs> think you have to use balance training with a hound, but I think a lot of hounds succeed with it in ways that other breeds mm-hmm. don't necessarily need that little extra push.
0: And yeah. balance just being, yeah. yeah, like mostly just the e collar. I mean, we – this is, uh, yeah, I'll get hate for this. We do use a prong collar because our pulling is so, used to be, it's a lot better now. And we can't walk with, like, a regular harness. But um, the pulling, because he would put his head down and just keep going, like, I mm-hmm. could not walk him. He's so strong. He's so, like, uh, you know, solid. Yeah. Like, I wasn't able to control him and keep him safe, keep him from running into a... A road, but – um,
2: eating Well, things. especially
0: since you're in a very busy city. Exactly.
1: <laughs> too. When yeah. I lived
2: in Brooklyn, it would take us 45 minutes to an hour just to get around the block because Starsky knew people would throw chicken wings away and he became obsessive about searching for them. And you had to like,
0: muzzle him.
2: Yeah, I had to I had to muzzle train him because he was so yeah. obsessive about this the scents and the eating. Lupin.
1: <laughs> Lupin was the same way. In England there was a lot of or in London specifically, there's actually a lot of foxes. They're like raccoons over there. Like in the city. Cute. And so they're yeah, well they <laughs> they are. They are cute actually, unless you hear them mating and it is the uh. worst sound in the history of the world. But the fox poop was You know, there would be foxes around, so they would poop in the field or whatever, and the fox – all the dogs would go crazy for it. They wanted to roll in it. They wanted to eat it. That was Lupin's. That was Lupin's trigger. The amount of times (laughs) I raced – because he also has a very sensitive stomach, so it would give him, like, really bad diarrhea. And so the amount of times you would see me – running after him screaming like lupin no lupin here here you just like screaming at him with a bag of treats in my hand being like come here and he d- as you said charlie did not give a fuck he was like i'm going this way like i'm happy to
2: never see you again that's fine yeah like he would hear me
1: he'd be like i know mom is calling me i am willfully ignoring it because this is this is higher priority and um just for all the hound people listening or just people who are wanting to do recall we did have an episode on recall with a trainer um from dust till dog i just listened to that episode it was great thank you i really liked how she broke it down (laughs) yeah she broke it down really understandably yeah so if you're wanting to work on training with your hound you can go back and listen to that episode however back to the subject you had an article about it or a blog post about it ashley yes of like how the how dogs or hounds like the reason that they're stubborn, mm-hmm. basically. The reason that they are independent. And you kind of touched on it, Charlotte, is that they are supposed to be working independently, right?
2: They're conniving yeah. in a way other breeds aren't. Like you can literally watch their the wheels in their mind turning, weighing oh the consequences. <laughs> Starsky, he 99% of the time will recall to me. And 1% of the time, he will look back at what he wants, look at me. He feels the tap mm-hmm. on the shoulder and he sits down because he's like and then just stares at me he's like i'm sort of listening to you but i'm not going to give you the satisfaction like they literally (laughs) weigh the benefits and consequences of every single decision they make. yeah the
0: um fact that hounds you always know exactly what they're thinking is an absolute pro and an absolute con yes
1: (laughs) (laughs) so true so true okay so we know that it's inherent in their breed like they have been bred as you as you outlined in your blog post. I'll put that blog post for everyone wanting to read it in the show notes for this podcast episode. I'm so glad that but people liked
0: it. <laughs> it was a really
1: good post actually. Yeah. Okay, you. well this is this is why I wanted to do this episode is because I feel like and tell me if you guys feel like this. I feel like sometimes people hate on hounds like people who don't know their personalities they think they're so beautiful but then they're like why doesn't your dog like me or your dog's stubborn like no dogs aren't stubborn or you know like whatever do you guys experience that sometimes oh i am
0: also working on another article about um like how misunderstood hounds are as a breed um, the assumptions are. that I get on the street, it, like, it breaks my heart. I have people, I had, like, um a guy come up to me once when I was walking, Jonathan, he just looks at me and goes, that dog doesn't belong here, should be upstate hunting, and then walked away. And I'm it, bored. like, I think about it constantly i hate
2: that i think american foxons are one of the best city dogs there's so many smells and sights <sighs> for them and they don't they are couch potatoes
0: i know and yeah. like before i could even like defend myself i wanted to be like yeah he used to be a hunter and then he got abandoned in the woods because he sucks at it um, <laughs> and like how often people are like the like again people come up to me and they'll be like Oh, how's that one in the apartment? How loud's that one? I'm like, he doesn't make a single noise. He's American foxhounds so are very
2: quiet. Like <laughs> they're known as
0: quiet hounds. Like, like yes, I understand. Yes. You know, I've had beagles. Beagles are definitely vocal as well, and I understand where the stereotype comes from. But like, it is just absolutely not the case with every one of them. And I think that's why it's so hard. I mean, especially in New York, where a lot of our rescues um transport. A lot of dogs from the south because we you know we have more people to adopt them like jonathan Mm -hmm. but so many people don't adopt them for that reason because they think that they're going to be bad apartment dogs because they need to be they think they need to be outside running around in a yard hunting all day long and that they're going to be barking all day long it's just not really always the case it's just like a dog by dog basis and it's absolutely manageable if you're able to put in the work And a lot of people are not willing to put in that
2: work. I've only lived in apartments with my foxhound, and he's literally one of the best apartment dogs I could have hoped for.
1: Completely agree, Charlotte. I've only ever lived, until this past year, only ever lived in apartments with Lupin. And he is an 80-pound, like, American foxhound. Does not make a peep. Until recently, he's gotten older, and when he wants attention, he's decided that barking is fun a fun pastime to
2: that's get so funny on. Starsky like he'll um, talk he's, but he's he doesn't def- go crazy or anything like it's not exactly. anything and it's disturbing not, anyone else it's not a bad bark like people think it's really cute and I was just like oh my god I've right, I've had neighbors who intentionally made Starsky like get oh riled up oh my gosh up, yes
0: people do that too like because they have such be like,
2: beautiful house
0: they're trying to get him to howl I'm like he doesn't howl yeah. sorry I'm like, <laughs> like this is yeah. terrible
2: training but I understand wanting to hear it <laughs>
0: Yes. Yeah. You want the yeah?
1: Lupin has never bade. He's only ever barked yeah. or whined or like whistle or you know. So he's it's, talkative, but it's, it's always it's the not wine. an apartment yeah. issue. Yeah, yes. That's and what so he's doing that- right
2: now. <laughs> Look at him. Oh, I'm getting the hound paw. Oh, that's another behavioral thing. Starsky mm, just ripped oh my, my leg off my stool. Um. We we call Lupin's
1: when he throws his paw. We call it his pimp paw. He's <laughs> just like, he's just like serve me guys attention, like and just smacks yes. me <laughs> yes it's, it's a, a hound smack thing. it's like a full-on punch yes like, i
0: don't know the the reason behind that sorry guys i <laughs> I, either. I don't either i mean I it's definitely part
2: training because like it's really annoying but i want it to stop so i just like give in so he learns that it works yeah. but like it's definitely yes. also a hound thing because so many hound people talk about it yes yes
1: but I want to finish up really quickly, just like round out the behavior. Um, cause I want this to be a good episode for people to listen to if they're thinking about getting a hound or oh, adopting
0: one or this something. This is my, as well. this is my niche. This is what like I set out to do with this Jonathan's is literally Instagram. Actually.
1: <laughs> yes. So, so I think if we let's just round out the profile of like what to expect out of a hound behavior wise. You know, we've said they're pretty, like, stubborn and independent. I think what I mean when independent, it's not only the whole recall thing of, like, I found, like, this is what I want to do and I'm going to go do it. But I think even for me around the house, like, Albus is more often than not, like, he, he loves to be, like, with us. Like, he will be, like, sitting on my lap. But there will be times that he's just, like, I'm going to go do my own thing. Yeah. And Lupin is like that, too. Like, he'll just be like – oh, you're too busy, like, you know, if he, they're not giving me attention, like, oh, cool, like, I'm going to go
2: sit in the other room, and it's and it's fine. That's literally what Starsky and, just did. He was like, oh, you're not patting me anymore, okay, bye. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so that's what I mean by the whole independent thing, which I think is why oftentimes they are good, um,
2: like, family dogs, yeah. too.
1: And they'll you know? tolerate like, I think- a
2: lot. Like, hounds are very yes. tolerant, I find. Yeah.
1: yes. Very tolerant, and in the shelter, we had, we would get transfers up from uh, Texas or, like, southern states, and so we would get a decent amount of hounds in. And the hounds were always – they would just always be fairly similar in that they, they were just a bit more on the timid – like, not, like, scared shaking in the corner or anything. They weren't, like, a chihuahua. They're sensitive. But oh, – Yes! They have a they lot of feelings. Sense. They're a bit more <laughs> – they have so many feelings. <laughs> Lupin is staring at me right now. His feelings is that he needs dinner. But <laughs> um but yeah, it just I felt like it was really interesting because very tolerant, they'll, they're kind of willing to do their own thing and um not necessarily like instigate independent play. I mean, I think some hounds do that, but they're yeah, they're just willing to kind of like do their own thing. Tolerant and th- I like that they are they have that certain amount of like timidity or shyness to them because they aren't the type that are literally bouncing off the walls like you would see more in a um you know cattle dog or kelpie or something like that they are a bit more chill
0: (laughs) and i think that's (laughs) what people expect them to be because they're like you know working people expect them to be bouncing off the walls but no,
2: working dogs need a job but that doesn't mean working dogs are all insane like they just need an outlet for their minds in a way yeah. like, like non-working breeds don't mental
0: stimulation and Jonathan's yeah, really exactly. great at like playing on his own it's yeah. like it's like an only child like <laughs> like having to entertain yeah. himself but he's really good at it he's really good at like you know he like picks out toys that he wants to work on for the day and like <laughs> It's <laughs> so cute it's so sweet but like yeah they like that's how he does his own thing you know like he's able to entertain himself really well mm-hmm. except right now yeah,
1: <laughs> exactly and i don't feel like their energy level like if you look online about the breed of american fox sounds or really any hound dog besides like bassets most of them are <laughs> like high energy and you know needs a ton of exercise and stuff like that i that has not been my experience with looping at all like I yeah he needs yes. he needs exercise yeah like any dog so like yeah like any dog but definitely not to the extent that i was expecting for a large breed athletic bodied
0: i I'm, yeah oh
2: sorry her, ashley her,
0: oh that's okay <laughs> jonathan yeah definitely like agree with you guys um you know, it's always like foxhounds have so much energy, blah blah blah. He, I could literally walk him around the block and he's out, like he's exhausted. But yeah, my parents have a purebred chain walker Cunard. It might be because she's so young, but she is she's crazy. She like she has to go mm. on a hike every single day. But I really do think a huge part of that is her age. Um She's also used to. How old it. is she? Um, she's one. She's okay. like not like. Yeah. She's still one a puppy. And, and she's yeah. used so to going think, on
2: a hike every day, too.
0: Exactly. I think yes. um if, you know, it were me that would have adopted her, I feel like she would have been able to adapt. But I think it's because she's used, you know, my parents live, like, in the middle of the woods, and they take advantage of that. They take her on hikes every single day to, you know, go tree for fun. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think that, I think hounds are pretty adaptable. So I think that's just a big part of her
2: age and probably how she was raised as a puppy. They are so adaptable. I often say that hounds have two speeds. Like they're either on or they're off. Like they are high energy when they're on, but they don't have to be on the same way like other dogs do. And I've never had a hound puppy, so I really can't speak to this, but Starsky came with an off switch. Like he always (laughs) needed (laughs) exercise and he was always happy to spend most of the day on the couch.
1: Yes, that was the exact same, my experience with Lupin. And I think it really, as you said, adaptability is a huge thing in there. And that doesn't mean that if they are adapted to, I don't want to say a sedentary lifestyle because they're still getting exercise. It's just, but if they're not used to treing something in a field every day, They're used to, you know, here's my – I go on my hour dog park or my hour run or whatever. And they they are able to still be healthy and entertained with, you know, whatever kind of lifestyle that you put them in as long as you are just taking care of their needs in general. And and I think that is just a really
2: good point for people with hounds.
0: They don't get enough credit for how adaptable they They are. They really
2: do not. And I would also say that for hounds, at least for all the hounds I know – Mental stimulation is so much more important than physical exercise oh, yeah. for them. I agree. Yes. Like well, that brings us into
1: let's talk about some dog sports. This is my jam. <laughs> yes. All right, Charlotte. Take it away. T- take l- tell it us away. about dog sports.
2: Um <laughs> so I'm fairly new to dog sports, but my sister was really into agility. Um, and some, some she goes through phases with agility, um, but with cavaliers, which is kind of fun. And I think that actually goes to show it's dog sports most dogs can do most dog sports like they might not be the best at most dog sports but most dogs can do most dog sports and i i do barn hunt mostly because i have a hound and it's like it's a wonderful outlet for that need to hunt for them um Mm -hmm. but now as i've gotten ginsburg who's a golden i've started exploring other dog sports as well and I don't know. What do you want to know?
1: Well, well, I think specific to the hounds, you mentioned barn hunt. So how does that work and why do you think it benefits Starsky?
2: So um, barn hunt and scent work is also like this. It's, it's tapping into their natural, you know, they were bred to hunt using their nose. Um, and likewise with sight hounds, sight hounds excel at fast cat and like tracking, you know, sight based tracking, um, sports. And so barn hunt is really good for sighthounds or scent hounds. It's good for all dogs, but it's very good for scent hounds because it's really tapping into their genetic predisposition to need to sniff. Um, and so you're giving them that biological outlet. And basically what barn hunt is, is you have a course it's made of straw bales. There's a tunnel and there are, depending on your level, some number of rats in PVC tubes, And there are also empty tubes and there are tubes just with used rat litter, but no rat. And the objective, the main objective is to find the live rat. Um, And so a lot of dogs will hit on the litter tubes that's supposed to trip them up. And so it really refines their scent instincts and hunting instincts for hounds um, in a way that isn't actually like hunting for people who don't have the desire or the wherewithal or the means to, you know, Fox hunt their hounds. Uh, mm-hmm. Barn hunt is a great way to engage those natural needs, um, and then they also have to go through a tunnel and jump up on a bale of straw. But the main thing is finding okay. the rats, and it's finding the rats. Yeah, yeah, and it's great no, for I'm confidence. So building. bad
0: at it, <laughs> 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 he has no
1: prey drive. <laughs> Well or just or just scent work in general I think would probably work. Really yeah, well. yeah, it's so just, scent work yeah. it's
2: all, you know, it's all so related uh and and there're tracking. I recently learned about tracking. I don't really know that much about it, but it's something beagles do a lot of. Um yes. where they just have to track the scent very closely and like it's it's just it's really scratching that itch that hounds have to sniff and hunt. Yeah. And work their brains. Yes. And I think that's the thing, is like a lot of
1: people don't think of hounds as a very smart breed. You know, Yeah, that is (laughs) an assumption that drives me nuts. Don't get me started. (laughs) It drives me nuts, too. Because even, you know, sometimes I feel bad because sometimes I've even played into it. Like,
2: oh, Lupin's an idiot. Oh, I totally have, too. um, I used to think Starsky was dumb before I just understood when I first got him. And then, like, I started to figure out, no, he's very smart in a weird way. They're very smart in the way that they want to be. Yes. Like,
1: they will solve a problem if they want to solve that problem. Yes. But if they don't want to solve that problem, then oh well, which I think is why <laughs> tip like normal obedience actually doesn't do as well. There was um mm. I think it may have been one of you, I-, I don't know. Someone shared a TikTok the other day of a trainer. Basically, the trainer was saying when you train a dog and you expect them to want to please you, then you're only doing a certain type of training. So yes. that works very well for Albus. Like I will be able to have a little handful of kibble and just be like, you know, sit, lay down, paw, all of those kind of things. He catches on. He wants to please me. Lupin, it took me years to teach him to sit. <laughs> One literally, I know that sounds, that sounds so stupid. And that's why people think that the, Hounds are stupid sometimes. Right, but they just don't want to – They're not going to do anything they don't want to do.
0: You have to – Exactly. Find a way to train them that makes them think it was their idea to yes. do it in the first place.
2: Starsky loves yes. training. <laughs> and Starsky is excellent at training. He picks up on behaviors so fast. But he's not doing it to please me. He's doing it because he knows I have kibbles. Like mm-hmm. – yes. And that's something yeah. – Yeah. I, I actually I, – I loved that TikTok because she was pointing out that – a lot of the famous dog trainers that you see, Instagram famous dog trainers. Oh, I shared trainers. that one. Oh, yeah, I thought we both <laughs> okay, did. Okay. We all did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we was, all uh, shared it. Yeah. It was. She was saying, you know, they all use border collies or like other Aussie's because they really are connected. Those breeds are bred They're to be handler, connected. Like, handler like their handler focus. Yeah, and yes. and if you frustrate a border collie hard enough. It's just going to start offering different behaviors and then just click on the one you like. And it's not that that's like any easier or harder training. It's just very different from how you train hounds. And like, I guess it is harder because that that trainer (laughs) was saying it's harder and we need to start using harder breeds because now there's this assumption people are making that like, why isn't my dog doing anything? I'm doing this wrong. And it's like, no, you have a hound, not a Border Collie, and you're watching Border Collie training videos.
0: That's, uh, that, this is something that I really like try to stress to people. Um, if you need help with, I mean, I think everyone should work with a trainer if possible, but I think it's so important to get a trainer that has hound experience. Yes. Because I've had some people be like, yeah, I worked with a trainer and they literally told me that my, my hound was untrainable. But then like Mm -hmm. our trainer, I went out of my way to make sure like ours had a hound experience we got so lucky our our trainer had a beagle so she like she understood him she like was able to tailor our training routines and all this stuff to jonathan because she like understood how he worked and what was going on in his brain and i just think it's so important that if like, yeah, you need to be able, you need to seek help from a trainer that actually understands them. They're just a totally <laughs> yes. unique
2: breed group. Like, they don't work the same way other dogs work. Mm-mm.
1: Exactly. And I think that's why so many people oftentimes will struggle or there's that whole stereotype that, oh, they should just be outside hunting because they think that they can't they can do, do both behaviors that are needed in like city life or mm-hmm. whatever. And it's like they can, they just, you need to train them in a different way than you would a herding breed or a sight hound or whatever. And, and so I think, I think that's, I'm really happy that we touched on this because I think that's something that um, a lot of people need to realize. Like for instance, Alvi, as I said, he's a mix and his behavior is a little bit more. Um, he has some hound aspects, But it's more like his physically, he looks the hound, whereas behavior is a bit more like hurting, kind of like he wants to please you. He will offer different behaviors until he gets the right one when we're training. And Lupin, I had to do some really passive training with him. It wasn't like commands or cues, which I think is is really interesting because I think the hounds catch on to that in my experience a little bit more than, yeah. Yeah, because they're like, oh. The, i adapt to this i get used to
2: this i think modeling works really well for hounds um like modeling the first of all they are very handsy like they will use their hands um or their, their little hands um uh, like i i do the buttons uh the that everyone's seen by now the talking yes. dog buttons um and starsky picked up on those so fast and i did the same sort of like passive training like he just I wasn't even trying – like, he wasn't timid. I didn't need to get him used to anything, really. Um, He just – he he definitely is attuned to me in a different way than other dogs, but he picks up on my language a lot, um, and so he knows a lot of words. And then with the buttons, I was pressing them with my foot, and he just figured out that he could press them with his foot. Like, I didn't have to train him to do it or anything. They definitely watch and observe and learn by watching in – like yes. ginsburg has been completely different training the buttons as she does not learn by watching at least not watching me and it it's very interesting to me and i have heard that with other hounds too like they definitely learn from other dogs and
0: i think we're getting
2: somewhere <laughs>
1: i literally i literally just had an epiphany we are getting somewhere I, okay in uh as i said before lupin was not ever vocal like his whole life i mean he oh was- no <laughs> He was talkative inside. I going. When I was in London and I would take him to work and there were other puppies there that were learning still and they would bark in the office. Lupin started barking in the office. Aww. And he never, he never would. Like he was not a bear. In the morning, he would kind of be like, woo, woo or something like that. But like a really light little, we call it his little whistles. And yeah, now I'm thinking about it. He literally learned to bark for attention at work. <laughs> he never did it before and that's when it started. <gasps> oh god. Oh my god. Yes, it was modeling other people other dogs behavior.
2: So well, that's wonder- why Jonathan
0: only barks at daycare.
2: Oh, that makes sense. Well, <laughs> I wonder yes, <laughs> cuz they're they're pack dogs, right? So they're genetically predisposed to learn how to hunt from those other oh, dogs in the pack. Oh my god. Yes. We just we just solved it, guys.
0: <laughs> like- yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, no, I'm so happy. So so just to cover as far as the behavior, We've talked about what behaviors they exhibit, and we've just talked a lot about training and exercising them. So the adaptability, they will adapt to different situations. They do better with passive training and modeling behavior, as you guys just said. And I think there is something to what you were saying about the buttons. Looping catches on to my verbal, not even commands, but just like, we'll be on a walk. Maybe he's off leash. And I'll be like, no, this way, bud. And and he ca- I would say that enough that he would catch on that we're going to that other direction. That's how and, I taught Starsky f-
2: directions. I just said G exactly. and Tall when I was turning that way, and now he knows them. Like
1: yes, exactly. I just said things enough times, which is why I think Lupin would do so well with the buttons as well because he knows so many words. Don't you have? Them? And so there's the. I have them. I haven't started them. They're literally. <laughs> you said this they're to literally on. Go the- put them. Put them out. Li- I've had them since, like, November. Oh, my like, God. Carly, put them out. I know. I know. Okay. Anyway, so so
2: the buttons, so they can do the verbal. It's funny. They can pick up on the passive verbals, but as soon as you call, say, come. Oh, forget it. I don't know what that
0: means. Yes.
1: They look at you and are like, F yeah, you. Literally. This is the way we're going. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So I think we have covered so many different things. Wow. <laughs> God, I love hounds so much. They're such great dogs. They are such great dogs. I'm so happy that we've created this episode but also just like this connection through instagram with other hound dogs
2: oh, hound moms and are a cult. like i swear hound moms are a cult we like, really are once you it, go hound, people, you can't go back yeah, yeah it's so true and hound people like get so excited to meet other hound people like i don't know <laughs> yes. do border collie people feel that way like oh my god you have another border collie and we're like I oh my so. <laughs> god you have a flat
1: sound <laughs> yeah i think other i think everyone like collates together to talk about like the different breeds, because at the dog park, it's always like the Aussie people will be like standing together <laughs> and talking about the clips, their dog and the the Frenchies yeah. in
0: New York. Yes,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. So I think, yeah, they're probably all like that. But I think it's true. Once you get used to the hound behavior, I, I don't know, it would be very hard to get some different breeds. Like I know you've gotten the golden retriever, Charlotte. But for me, I think Another breed that I would be interested in would be a greyhound, but I think they're <gasps> I very similar.
2: I, I love. I'm just enthusiastic yeah. about like a lot of breeds, especially the ones I've had growing up. And but yeah. then now I've gotten Starsky, and I'm like, well, I'm never going back. Like I <laughs> will always have hounds. I, you know, I will have other breeds thrown in there, but like I feel like hounds are going to be my backbone now.
1: I agree with that. I agree. Two final questions to round out this. I'm going to have you guys plug your info, but this is the last question first. This uh, this podcast is called P- With a Dog Podcast. It's all about life with a dog. So I want each of you to answer why do you choose life with a dog or what about life with a dog is so great?
2: Why do I love dogs and hounds? I just like them being around. Like I don't know, it's more than the companionship. Starsky is like my partner, in a way that none of my other dogs have been. And you can probably hear Ginsburg going crazy right now. Um, he's he's just my partner, and he's always there for me. He's been there through some really bad shit for me, and I don't know something about just like having having my guy. Like it's it's not. It's not quite like having just any old dog, and yeah, it, there's something special. It's not human, but there's something special there. Um, I don't know. Does that answer the question?
1: <laughs> I love that. No, that's great. It's this. There's no yeah. There's no specific answer for this. It's just like life with a dog. Yeah, it's just why do we do I it? Literally, what do we love about it? I can't it? imagine yeah, not doing great.
2: it. It's like huge sacrifices, and I also like. I've said this a couple times on Instagram now, like, I am just really leaning into like the dog sports, especially because working with my dogs together, like as a team and a partnership is really like, it just brings me so much joy. And like, it just makes you like, I'm just connecting on like a different level. And I don't know, that's why I love dogs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and hounds. <laughs> Perfect.
1: All right, Ashley, you're up.
2: Ugh, this is hard. Oh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I you literally have a brand about
0: how much you love literally. Jonathan. No. I think you can answer this. Yeah, I but I don't understand myself. I'm like, why am I the way that I am? This is a therapy session. Yeah. I like, no. Why like, do, like, do you love cry. your dog so much? I love my dog yeah,
1: so I much. Like, I know. I literally but like life with a dog. What makes it so great?
0: I truly cannot imagine life without a dog. Even like. Like, I have literally since birth always had a dog by my side, usually of the – always of the hound variety, actually. Um, And, like, just thinking about, you know, like, in college when I didn't actually, like, have my own, or, like, when I first moved to New York, and, like, this time that he didn't actually have, like, a dog, I'm like, wow, those were some sad times. (laughs) Because I feel like – I'm like, dogs are the only ones that get me. (laughs)
2: you know what i feel like for dog people it's like it just my life would mean Mm -hmm. a lot less without my dogs yeah my bank account
1: would be much more full but my life would would be be empty very much
0: financially stable um jonathan like i don't uh, there's just something about having like your own dog for the first time like just him coming to my life changed everything for me i mean of course on like a shallow level to be like you know, when I wake up in the morning to, like, walk him and stuff. But it, like, it especially, you know, I'm in my 20s, (laughs) where it's such, like, a, a weird part of your life where you're like, what what am I even doing? Like, he made it all make sense because he reminded me, like, how much I love dogs and how important they are to my life. And he's the reason why I just like picked my life up and like quit the job that i hated and like decided to go all out into you know dedicating my whole life to helping animals and dogs in one way or another and like just his you know him hugging me on that street in brooklyn like changed everything i was like oh this is what i care about this is the most important thing in my life and um you know if you need that's amazing yeah if you need me i i'll i'm probably doing something with dogs at any given yes. moment. Whether it be drawing dogs or, you know, trying to sell bench <laughs> he he really put things into perspective for me.
1: That's amazing. I think those are great answers. Thank you guys for connecting with me today about all thing hounds. I I know we can uh we could talk even more, oh but God, yeah. <laughs> between the different time we love our zones homes. and everything, we're all in. Probably should call it a night. Well, but- Jonathan
0: has a photo shoot tomorrow morning, so we gotta get. <gasps> oh, you to gotta bed. get to bed early.
2: He needs his beauty rest. I was say, my he dogs. Does. Yeah, they are screaming at me to go pee. <laughs> um-
0: <laughs> all right, guys.
1: Well, I am gonna call it a night then. So, for everyone to follow each of you on Instagram or whatever, plug your info.
0: I'll go first. Uh follow at journal on Instagram. Um and there is also a website. I mean, everything is connected through Instagram, so you'll be able to find out one way or another. And I do a lot of illustration and writing advocating for hound dogs and responsible pet ownership and that sort of thing. Um in my own little way. So I hope you enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right
2: so everyone go follow ashley seriously now follow ashley her doodles are like they bring so much okay. light to They're my amazing. life um <laughs> yes i am charlotte with dogs uh and i also have a website uh charlottewithdogs.com and i'm trying to get a little more into blogging i'm on everything like again you can find it all through instagram like i'm on youtube TikTok. i'm on tiktok tiktok you're You're like basically TikTok famous. I used to be. And then like more people got on TikTok and now it's so much harder to go viral. (laughs) I know. First world problems. Um, (laughs) Yes. So I'm on almost everything except for Snapchat. Uh, Ain't nobody got time for that. I don't even,
1: I didn't even realize Snapchat was still going until my friend was doing it the other day. And I was
0: like, oh, oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Is it 2010? I literally. (laughs)
2: <laughs> like, we were all so obsessed with Snapchat in 2008. And now eh, Snapchat's over. <laughs> <laughs> there
1: you go. You heard it here first, guys. Hounds are complicated and Snapchat's over. <laughs> all right. Well, for anyone wanting to follow the podcast, we are at with the dog podcast uh, on Instagram and TikTok. And you can find us on our website at with the dog podcast.com. And we'll see you next week. All content on With a Dog Podcast is for informational purposes only and should not replace professional advice, treatment, or diagnosis by a certified veterinarian, trainer, or behaviorist.